The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. Dato, welcome to Gone by Lunchtime. Um, I'm Toby Manhone, with me are Ben Thomas and Annabelle Lee. I feel like we haven't done this for ages. It feels like a long time. Does it feel like that to you? It's been, it's been an age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because I've sort of been cheating on you guys with this Auckland Warcast thing. Which, look, I enjoy, but it's not the same, you know? It's it's like it's getting the band back together. It's lo- lo- local government. To Small time. Yeah. Yeah. How's the Hui going? Annabelle Lee is the executive producer of New Zealand's Best Television Current Affairs, The Hui, on TV3, Sunday mornings from 9.30. Yes, we're doing very well. We um, are now running until December 3rd alongside The Nation, so there's a bit more extra hooing going to happen. It's a lot of television. It's a lot of television. I think we're 22 eps, 23 eps in now. That's fantastic. How are you, Ben? Um, yeah, great. Are you, are you doing lots of hardcore lobbying on behalf of your tyrannical tyrant to, to, to clients? Just, just, just telling the truth. Well, as always, are you winning? <laughs> the, the, the truth will always out. Don't you? <laughs> You're you, can, you, can, you can try. You can you, you can try and keep a lid on it, but it, it all it always comes to the fore. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. We might talk about Winston Peters, about whether there'll be an early election, about Labour staff. Jettisoning about John Key going to the UN in New York about the Mighty King, but we really want to start with the most important issues of the day. Actually, before we get to that, um, I was going to say a quick word to Nikki Kay, who whose great class and distinction was shown by the fact that she came up here to do a podcast at the spin-off the other week. There are lots of other reasons why she's a very cool woman, and uh, she's had some terrible news and has been diagnosed with breast cancer, and so we're just going to toast our cup of tea to Nikki Kay, who's, here, who here. we love. Here, yep. here. Kia piki te ora. To you, Nikki. Um, I'm sure that you are filling your time by listening to our podcast. Um, uh, the, the, the really pressing stuff that we have to get to as well, um, two big stories. The first one, which I want to touch on briefly, is um, the headline, Jonathan Coleman denies snorting fake cocaine. That is, that is one of the best political headlines of the year, am I wrong? This is, yeah, jo- jo- Jonathan Coleman embroiled in a fake scandal on the North Shore. Um, I, this, I mean, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the decline in quality of the New Zealand Herald uh, website recently. Um, this this is this is really kind of plunging. Totally discreet. Totally discreet. Great story. Great story. Health minister denies snorting fake cocaine. What was it that they were snorting? There if was it a, wasn't cocaine. It was like icing sugar. Like sherbet. It was a, it was a, it was like a, it was a parents' straw. fundraising ball or something, 
uh, at a North Shore school. You must know all about these things. Uh, no, I avoid about. these things wasn't, like the wasn't plague. It, wasn't it last year that um, you know some schools in over the other side of the bridge, yeah. you know, sent round sort of circulars to parents telling them not to do real drugs yeah, at their school so. events? I think it might have been Western Springs. Yeah, we, we don't need the we don't need the Herald calling out North Shore parents for being uncool. <laughs> In the newspaper of record, <laughs> you know all these all these sneering Ponsonby and Greyland parents going, like, oh, "I sing sugar." I think, we've, I think we've I think we've covered that exhaustively. Um, the other big story of the week, of course, is a rug that has been made, which um, uh, depicts a nude Andrew Little. Ben, can I have your thoughts on the rug? The 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 art. Yeah, the, uh, the it's it's been described as. The worst piece of carpet-based art since variations <laughs> in apricot uh, on the third floor of the Parliament Building. Um, look, my thoughts are on it. Andrew Little handled it pretty well. The ensuing media. Um, I, th- I think he said that um, he, he said that uh, the pecs and biceps might have been rendered a little too big, oh, but yes. other than that, he was happy. Um, and 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 when 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 this important matter was followed up with the Prime Minister. Um, the Prime Minister said that he wasn't interested in comparing himself with Andrew Little. Now, this is this is to the best of my knowledge the first time the Prime Minister has ever declined to talk about his junk in public, <laughs> and 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 for that, you know, to, to, which means that during his entire political career, the only times John Key has ever backed down or been made to back down was by uh, Winston Peters in the Northland by-election, Judith Collins in her re re-election to ca- uh, reinstatement to cabinet. And by Andrew Little's carpet dick. Hot take, <laughs> hot take. Annabelle, we have prepared you for this, is not? But I'm going to show you. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I'm that. going to show you this artwork um, from a Whanganui artist uh, at the Wallace Art Awards of Andrew Little on a rug in a frame with his junk out. Here we go. Let's listen. <gasps> oh my God, his junk is actually. It's a very generous interpretation, I would have thought. Wow. Um, Do you feel like this I, could potentially change the path of New Zealand politics? Only if he's like considering a future in the um, porn industry. But um, I, I, I have no words. <laughs> I have nothing to say. This is the like if I had to pick between this and the Helen Clark, you know, yeah. signing the yeah. fake picture scandal, I would have preferred to have bought Helen's. Pretend art rather than that okay. one. To well, be fair, I'd like to apologise to everyone <clears throat> to visualise that. Don't Google it, people. From the sublime to the ridiculous, Winston Peters has been everywhere in the news. Going backwards, I guess most recently with this sort of slightly deja vu donation mini scandal, um, with it turning out he's um, been he or his party. He's very keen to emphasise had been the recipient of a cheque from the leader of this new immigrant party. L- literally nothing ever changes with Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you pointed out, I think on the spin-off, um, the jokes are the same every year. Um, the slogans are the same. The issues are the same. And even the scandals are the same. Um, so, you know, this, this is just, this is just a, a callback to the great days of 2008. 
um, when the entire election year basically was consumed in this um, donations scandal with Winston Peters denying that he received donations from millionaire uh, businessman Owen Glenn and then this kind of madcap you know, ensemble chase around New Zealand to try and isolate where this money came from, where it went, and whether Winston ever actually received it. You know, and, and he went around the country with his, his sign that he held up saying no, no, no you know, and, and, and we saw we saw flashes of it, you know, this incredible passing of semantics that Winston gets engaged in where he says, you know, I never got the check. I never put a check in my pocket. I never received the money. And then you sort of say, well, did the party receive the money? And he's like, oh, wow, that's a different matter. You know, <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It's a different matter, you moron journalist, <laughs> demonstrably. <laughs> what do you reckon, Annabelle? Is it just, is it, is it kind of, why is this, would this we expect any, yeah, Why would we expect anything different? This is what he always does. And, I mean, New Zealand obviously doesn't mind very much because we keep returning him to Parliament. He seems, way, he seems, yeah, he seems to be getting stronger too. I mean, the, he does. Yeah, he's. I think he, we're really sort of hitting a sweet spot for Winston at the mm. moment. Like all his rhetoric is, um, is perfectly pitched to what's currently happening mm. in New Zealand. So he will be hitting his strides, no doubt. Yeah, and he's got so the, the people don't care about a three k check. I don't think no, it's not going to hurt him. No, I don't think it, it's it never form has before. At all. And with the Conservative Party currently in a sort of state of disarray, does it even exist anymore? Colin Craig is in court against Jordan Williams in, in one of the most potentially entertaining uh, <laughs> legal battles of our times. But uh, So he's, he can soak up a bit of that vote. Mm. And the other thing, I mean, I, I watched his speech uh, on the internet um, from Dunedin at their conference on the weekend. And, well... People are right that it is kind of, you know, there is a little bit of stuck record about it and that there's lots of familiar tropes. The thing that I thought he did more than he has in the past, I know it's been there, is he was really nailing the commentariat and he was really mm. nailing the institutional elites. And I think, you know, he's a smart bugger, right? I mm. think he has been, he's awake to the fact of what's been going on in the UK with the Farage-led Brexit stuff. He's awake to what's happening with lots of the dissatisfaction in America. I mean, this is this is the this is kind of smart politics, isn't it, Ben? Oh, no one's ever accused him of not not being smart at politics. And the thing is, you know, as I know from experience, I've, I'm I've been waiting for the '90s revival about 20 years now. Um, and and Winston Peters, I think, is in pretty much the same boat. If 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 you if you stay the course, eventually you'll come back into fashion. Mm. And you know, and and when you look at things like immigration, you know, uh, when the the Prime Minister was on the Leighton Smith show um, on on Friday, and all of the questions were about immigration. You know, these things do come around again, yeah, particularly absolutely. when people think that they're not getting um, a fair share. When when you've got the Prime Minister actually saying, "Yeah, we'll we'll bring people in to do the jobs um, that you know lazy New Zealanders don't want to do." Mm. Um, and people say that they're not getting ahead. People say, you know, you know, leaving aside the question of whether you'd work for minimum wage in Auckland, knowing that you know you're not even going to cover your rent rise, um, you know, people will get dissatisfied, and, and that's the sort of fertile ground for um, New Zealand First. I mean, the other thing in his advantage, uh, you know, is that actually the, the reaction to Winston Peters over the past two decades has kind of led us to have a, a, a situation where our, our debate about immigration is actually a little bit immature. 
Um, you know, it, it tends to be that if you if you even raise the issue of immigration, suddenly you mm. get, oh, well, you're a racist like Winston Peters, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, Although where in the world is there a mature debate about immigration? I mean, I kind of <laughs> grow tired of people saying what we need to have is a mature conversation about immigration. Just show me one. I, no, look, absolutely. It's all, it always raises passions. But, you know, for instance, you know, we are we are heading into an election year which is really going to play into Winston Peters' hands. Yeah. Look at the controversy over um, the export education sector, i.e. foreign students. I mean, it's it's been a pretty open secret for the last decade or so that, that most of that sort of half a billion dollar a year industry is actually a kind of scam mm. um, perpetrated either on students coming here or on the immigration authorities in New Zealand. I think John Key's right when he says people like stable government and ironically that's what New Zealand First and Winston Peters now represents. His party is not having an eternal identity crisis mm. the way that Labour is. He's um, managed to shepherd his MPs um, quite cleanly through this parliamentary term which is unusual for New Zealand First because they're full of political naive opportunists who yeah. tend to implode once they get into parliament he hasn't had that this cycle the issues around immigration I think you know everything is lining up to play right into his hands and it, it might sound old hat um, but people but there's a generation of new, increasingly more generation more New Zealanders not just a generation of New Zealanders who like what they're hearing from him who like what he represents and you know he'll be a, an important player after the election no doubt plus you know a few new policy ideas at the conference um, I, I particularly like the one of you know, getting old New Zealand first voters into schools to teach driving for its a driving instruction. Dri- driving instruction so New Zealand. A, a new generation of kids can have their own sort of hunt for the wilder people slash up style <laughs> adventure with some borderline racist <laughs> grandparent figures, you know, across <laughs> New Zealand. I feel like this is a major potential strike against the generational warfare that's opening up thanks to these belligerent people at the spin off and so on, who are attempting to, you know, Forge these these gaps between the generation. This is the when you've got people teaching other people how to drive. You come together. You learn about each other. I think this is quite a big moment. <laughs> and Shane Jones is a big moment. Oh yeah, so we all feign surprise about Maori Dim's worst kept secret <laughs> that Shane Jones is allegedly going to stand for New Zealand first. I'm more interested in the news that Shane Jones is allegedly going to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could be waiting a few elections. I mean, it's pretty exciting. I mean, but, but so Shane Jones in Whangarei is the talk. Mm. Not that Winston Peters could possibly have had a conversation with Shane Jones about that because that would be inappropriate because Shane Jones is a Absolutely man. inappropriate. I loved the, the raw self-righteousness and yeah. offended tone yeah. he took with this Zion when he was asked matter. about that. <laughs> Disgusting. How could you even imply? It was great. But I think, I mean, yeah, the Shane Jones-Winston Peters combo is an interesting one and he has to, it's, a very delicate situation, isn't it? Because he doesn't want to get offside with Ron Mark just mm. before the election and have everything implode. And it's been said that Ron Mark would be really put out by mm. Shane Jones, and he absolutely would be, and with good because reason. Of, because he's of the worked, succession we're thinking about mostly. Yeah. Absolutely, because he's worked hard. He's been a safe pair of hands. You know, he he does pretty well in his um, 
electorate, he doesn't try to upstage um, Winston. He takes care of, you know, some of the Māori stuff, mm. Māori issues quite well. So Winston has to be, and he's got strong support within the, you know, there's a sector of New Zealand First that do staunchly support Ron Mark. So it's a delicate one, not to mention um, Shane's diplomatic career, which of course must be preserved and his mana must remain intact. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how they play it out over the next few months. But the other thing I want to mention about Shane Jones is in terms of Labour and the Kingitanga and what we saw happen there, Labour has keenly felt the loss of Shane Jones during this period because Shane Jones is the kind of guy that a Māori dim can crisis manage on his feet. Yeah. So if he'd been at Tūranga Waiwai, yep. he would have got up, he would have challenged the Kingitanga, he would have made a joke about it, he would have got them all back on side. He would have taken the mickey out of the Māori party and then equally whakamunded them. Mm. And everyone would have gone home happy and it would have been contained and left on the pai pai. Even though there's some great speakers within Labour, like Penny Henari, who is a very eloquent you know, speaker of te reo and very astute in te ao Māori, he doesn't have that swag and that self-confidence that Shane Jones had. And so... For New Zealand first to have someone like him, I think, you know, will be um, a real feather to their bow. Uh, is that, no, no, not a feather to their bow, a cap. Feather, feather cap. cap, string to their bow. String to their bow, string feather the in their coat. And a feather yeah. in their cap. Yeah, why it's they, feathers for their is, violin, it, no it, doubt. It's like New Zealand first, it's just an assortment <laughs> of items. <laughs> it's just it it drawing a bit of a long bow. <laughs> <laughs> wind, back, wind back a bit, Annabelle. Mm. Um, so, so, so... People who haven't caught up with on Tūrangawawe, there was a scene where Andrew Little was sitting at the front and Māori King was doing his thing. Well, allegedly... And then a golf cart zipped in. Because word got to Andrew Little that he was about to be Lambasted, yeah. Tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. Well, uh, well, apparently, you know, at the end of the coronation week, so it was a 10-year coronation of King Itu Heitia, and, you know, at the end, the king gets up and he delivers his annual... Address, which was allegedly written by Tukuroirangi Morgan, although the the bit where he got stuck into labour, apparently he went off script, and these were his own fakaro ideas that he was sharing. So Andrew Little was there representing labour, and apparently, I don't know how true this is, but word got out, I don't know where or how, um, that he was going to get clipped, and a golf cart came and scooped him up and. And off they went, and he went and sat in the Kōru Lounge and waited to go back to Wellington or wherever it was he was heading. And to Heitia said that he was disappointed in Labour, he would no longer be supporting them, and that he was instead going to support the Māori Party, which of course is now um, being led by Tukuroirangi Morgan in his role as well, president. He's, he's the president. Yeah. So Tuku Morgan suddenly kind of, you know, I, I mean, <clears> personally I've forgotten about him for a while and then he just sort of explodes back into Māori politics. Oh, no, he's been there the whole time. Yeah. You guys just didn't know about didn't it. Notice. And Te Ao Māori, yeah. every Tuku is a major mover and shaker. Uh-huh. And in government circles as well, they've been. Yeah, yeah. He, so he oversaw the $200 million Waikato River settlement um, with Waikato Tainui. Um, and he's he's... 
he's he's often in touch. You know, he he, he moves in those very elevated circles in in a way that I think their previous presidents, um, you know, who have all been extremely mm. impressive individuals, maybe haven't. And but, he did some Ngāpuhi stuff too, called in by the government to negotiate between Tūhuru Nuku and Te Kotahitanga, I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's in right. the space of maybe six weeks or so, he's kind of transformed the choreography of it all or the, the dynamic and that he's yeah, sort of built incredible. bridges between Māori Party and mana. Yeah. And then basically, you know, defenestrated the, <laughs> the, the, the Labour Party's... Yeah. It's incredible. credentials. Yeah. It's incredible because, you know, people were writing off the Māori Party's chances in the next election. People thought, you know, Te Rurua would be back, but any anything on top of that would be, you know, unexpected and a pleasant surprise. But it, it's – and who knows, it's early days. It might just be, you know, talk. It might run out of steam. Can they keep the momentum going? Can they keep – their own internal politics tidy until the election, I don't know. But to see the turnaround and fortunes of the Māori Party and the, the feeling you know, at a grassroots level towards them is, is um, something to behold, eh, Ben? Yeah, I, it, it, it's interesting. It brings, um, it brings the Tainui seat back into play mm-hmm. um, and it really calls into doubt uh, Nanaia Mahuta's um, future. You know, she, she was actually, she used to be mooted as a future successor to King Tehetia. Um and now she's sort of sort of talking about whether she, you know, weighing up whether she'll even stand um, again. So, whether <laughs> whether that's a, a, a power play sort of in the King Tonga movement or a power play within Labour, you know, I guess we don't know right now. Mm. On Labour, uh, another sort of feels like another kind of conversation about difficult times for Labour. Um, is uh, this the irony that Labour is suffering from a Labour shortage? <laughs> That's very good. I was going to make a joke about Andrew Little's staff. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. <laughs> um, but um, so 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 Labour staff have been running for the hills. We've the, the chief of staff, Matthew McCartan, has moved to Auckland in some mysterious. Of course, that was always the plan. Move. Uh, Sarah Stewart left some weeks ago. She was the chief press secretary. Two other press secretaries have gone to other jobs. It's not, you know. I'm surprised Matt lasted as long as he did yep. in Wellington under Little because he was Cunliffe's guy, wasn't he? He was brought in by Cunliffe. So yep. for him to stay as long as he had, I was actually surprised by. I thought they would have shipped him off somewhere else earlier, but. I think, you know, doing something, like if it's genuine and he is actually mm. going to be mm. setting up an office, I think that kind of plays for Matt's strengths. He's good at that kind of hitting the ground running kind of situation. You know, he's full of enthusiasm but and stuff for that kind I of just gig. Don't, if, so. it, if it was really, this was always the plan, don't worry, surely you would do that in a neat move where you go and look, here, here's our new chief of staff <laughs> yeah. and this has all been so beautifully totally. organised rather than having these all these empty chairs. Rob, Rob Hosking said in a piece in the NBR, uh, on the NBR website today, um, you know, what's remarkable isn't that people are leaving, it's the problems they're having replacing them. Yeah. Um, you know, because mm. when you look at it realistically, if, if you were the chief press secretary or the chief of staff to the leader of the opposition right now, if if they win the election, you'll be the chief of staff or the chief press secretary to the prime minister yeah. in twelve months' time. So you should be thinking. That. So, yeah. So so this 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 in terms of you know we you know I predict that predictions market which sort of went bust about you know a year ago. Yeah. 
obviously people aren't putting a, a big a big percentage chance on Andrew Little or Labour being in a position to form a government in the next election. Now, but on the other, I mean, it's particularly pronounced in Labour. But if you look at it, the Greens um, had a bit of a defection, so gone through uh, a, a mini flurry yeah, earlier yeah. this year. Andrew Campbell left. Um, All a of the vice secretaries go ahead. Just yeah. about. <laughs> um, and look, the government is actually, you know, has its own recruitment problems. You know, there's there's a lot of vacancies in ministerial offices right mm. now, mm. Um, and they're they're not necessarily filling. Have them you been top flight. Have you been tempted by any of those offers? <laughs> I haven't received any offers. Um, the, the, they're probably not that desperate yet. Um, but but what I what I think it actually reflects is um, at least partially is you know part of it's the time in the cycle we are when you're out from an election. Mm. But the other thing is um, Winston Peters. I don't I don't think either side is totally confident that it will be in government um, because you know all the polls show. That, the dark that, prince. That, that, that will be a decision for Winston Peters to mm. make, not necessarily the voters of New Zealand. I guess, I guess the best the best spin on it is that it's happening a year out from an election, notwithstanding the possibility of a snap election, which I think is pretty slim, despite the excitements of Rob Hosking and your man Matthew Hooten. Uh, at least it's being done a year out rather than six months out. Oh look! Uh, I mean, the departure of those sort of stuff six months out, six months out would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have actually re- effectively you would have started the election campaign. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, there's there's nothing and there's nothing decisive about this. Um, and like I said, I I think it reflects a broader uncertainty. You know, not not just sort of despair within the Labour camp. And another departure is Kevin Haig and about the Greens um, spokesperson on health, who again one might. Interpret. He's denied this, but one might interpret his departure as a tacit acknowledgement that he it may not be a Labour Green government in which he would have been in pole position to be health minister. Mm. Well, yeah, they've been waiting a long time, haven't they? I, I can imagine that um, under current polling, there's nothing too encouraging. And if you've been on the opposition benches that long, another three years in opposition isn't that that an appeal? Not a very appealing prospect, is it? Hey, Haig lost the um, battle for the leadership, uh, the co-leadership to mm-hmm. James Shaw. Yeah. And, you know, this this happens quite a bit. You know, if, if, if you lose one of these battles, you kind of wait a, a yeah. polite time and then just sort of... So you don't look like a sour... I think, yeah. I think, well, I think, I think he was really dignified in that because <clears> I think it really hit him hard. I think he really felt he mm. should be the guy. And, um, I mean, I think, given all that he's handed Pretty well, though it's interesting that the Green 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 Party senior positions are now, in effect, escalator onto leading NGOs. <laughs> NGOs that are environmentally connected. Yeah. Um, early election. Do we need to talk about that? Is that is there going to be a snap election? I kind of. I mean, it's so much fun to talk about, but it, really, the, the the enthusiasm with which people have embraced the idea, wherever it came from, sort of rumours or, or, or whatever. Um, I think shows that you know th- there's not a lot going on right now. We're bored. Well, that was, um, well, to be fair, this did arise before the uh, denial of the fake cocaine and also the the, <laughs> the private members' mm, racket. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there, there will be this sort of series of by-elections, um, you know, where or, 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 or by-elections that are delayed, like Pakaranga. Um 
and and I think there's a sense that you know the, the government is already kind of in election mode. You know, during recess weeks, the prime minister is in a hairnet and factory. A lot of hivers. Hivers already. Yeah, and and you know he's he's doing full days with talkback shows. Um, the, apart from a couple of really key pieces of legislation, you know the um, the GCSB and SIS reform, there's not really a lot happening between now and um, you know now and when the election would naturally be called. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it is better for everyone to just get on with it. I mean, that's it. I don't think it's likely. Get on with what? An election? Get, get on with an election. Just, you know, start... Ben's bored. Ben's bored. <laughs> Ben's bored. Can Let's we get an this election. message directly? <laughs> Could you get the Prime Minister on the phone, Jose? <clears throat> Ben's bored. John Kardashian. <laughs> that was one of Winston's lines. I love that. Uh, what I'm, was it? All photo opportunities and no substance, something like that. Photo opportunities and, and, and shallow blokiness, I think, was the line. Mm. I have power ranked the sick burns and Winston Peters' speech on Sunday <laughs> I for you that on read. the um, the spinoff. It's a good read, people. You will lol literally. Uh, um, um, what else have we got? The UN. The UN. John Key is off to the UN. All the so, all sorry, the, I forgot about the other important business this government needs to take care well, of. Well, all the other, <laughs> peace in the Middle East. Well, all, the, <laughs> all these other buggers are in China for the G20 clinking their glasses and talking about how much they love them. John Key says, fuck that. I'm going to New York and I'm going to fix Syria. We're dealing with the big stuff, the big stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the unitary plan and apply it (laughs) to Israel, Palestine. You can have like special housing areas, high density housing in Jerusalem. We've got it all sorted. This is already great. I'm going to steal this from my columnist. Pay attention, Will. Unitary plan. We're going to build them. McCully's going to build um, Syria a beautiful abattoir. <laughs> People will feel good. What Bashar Al-Assad needs to understand is that it's all about the rural-urban boundary. <laughs> Minimum apartment sizes. <laughs> Sorted. Uh, and I mean, look, good good opportunity to take David Shearer off the opposition. Do you think that take, do you take him as an attaché? Well, wasn't that one of the? There was talk about him getting a special position as a. You know, a bit of a bit of that he might be Shane Jones, special New Zealand rapporteur to the, to the, the yeah. diplomatic corps. Yeah, well, look, I mean, that, there's a guy with first-hand experience in that part of the world. You know, very good operator in that sense. Um, you know, I, I, I look. I mean, it's 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 that, or if you're, you're picking from the the rest of our diplomatic resources, maybe take Jonesy. <laughs> he could fix it, couldn't he? A few crayfish. Yeah. Hey guys, Sorted. come round, etc. do you think the rest of the world has like looked at the agenda and gone oh my god they're such dicks New Zealand are dicks or do you think oh cute that's so cute be ambitious New Zealand good on you Norway's done well hasn't it Norway's done well I mean you know most of that fell to pieces but they've done well traditionally on being the kind of peace broker and I kind of I, I Although I think basically it's pretty funny. I did hear McCulley on the radio the other day and I thought, well, it's better that they do table something and have a go at it than not, isn't it? You know, to be for very, very briefly and fleetingly sincere. But enough of that. Helen Clark. Um, who, uh, that's the other <laughs> thing that, that, that the Prime Minister is going to do when he's in New York. He's going to pro- possibly slightly more tricky than fixing the Middle East. He's going to <laughs> help Helen Clark emerge from the middle of the pack, mid-table mediocrity with seven discouraged votes from the 15 of the... Was it eight even? I think eight, yeah. Is that... I mean, 
for lost cause. I think Madam um, Fox might may have cast one of those votes. I like that McCully is sitting out. Did you see that? He's no. going to sit out on one of the oh, votes because you know with the power and influence yeah, yeah. that New Zealand wields <laughs> globally, it's only fair to the other candidates that McCully should sit out of that one and I applaud him for well, doing this, so. Well this, this is the thing right I mean you, you see the kind of blowback that the United States and China get from sort of wielding their geopolitical power so so sort of bluntly on the world stage and we need to make sure that that's not New Zealand. Yeah that's <laughs> right. Installing the new Secretary General. Mm. That's enough. We've got a whole bowl of pineapple lumps to get through now guys. Um Thanks, uh, Ben Thomas. Thanks, Annabelle Lee. It's really good getting the band back together. Thanks, Jose Barbosa, producer extraordinaire. Thanks to all the people who paid to make the spin-off happen. I have no idea who you are. We'll be back with another Gone By Lunchtime soon. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.